I'm so happy that I get to talk about it now. Like, first and foremost, <laughs> I am a fan. So when Amy Pascal and Kevin Feige and, and John Watts asked to have I a love this me, guy. Talk to me about I'm not mad at him at all. I'm so so proud of him for trying to hide it from us. Right? He's working so hard. And he's had such a big year of press. He has to go in front of journalists all year. Right? I I have so much respect for him. We we spoiled it for ourselves, so he was trying to help us out. (laughs) I feel about it. And then the fact that I get to be one of those people wearing the suit next to my actual Spider-Man hero, Tobey Maguire, and the brilliant, incredibly talented, heartfelt, Funny, you know, what if he talked trash about one of them, like my favorite Spider-Man, <laughs> and then another one I don't like that much? <laughs> Toby Maguire, my hero, the now Tom, the kid. Younger brother, I snuck into a theater. It is sweet that he calls them like he's a middle child of the two brothers. That's totally right? the energy he plays it with, and I, I thought it was so sweet. As a middle child, I'm a big fan of Andrew Garfield. <laughs> now, are you coming back? Will you come back? That's the question, Andrew Garfield. I hope Tell so. Tell us. Amazing Spider-Man 3 gotta happen. If there's a way for me to continue to add to the legacy of that character in a way that feels of service to an audience, of service Mm. to the theme. Because it's gotta have purpose, man. You can't just like bring it back for no reason. I'm open, of course. I'm very, very Sounds like a yes! Right? (laughs) Of course it would be special! Every time Spider-Man's Bro, in a movie, it's special. Sony would make so He's much money back. if you came I know back. It. Just come back, Andrew. Just come back. We miss you. It's your time. Welcome back to New Rockstar. Spider-Man No Way Home pulled off several miraculous feats, and at the top of that list was making us all appreciate how truly great Andrew Garfield was as Peter Parker and how deserving this guy is of his own third film. Andrew Garfield is now saying he is open, and right. our legs are open for this guy to make a landing <laughs> right in the middle. Because we are now hearing some totally unconfirmed rumors, but rumors nonetheless that Sony might be actually looking into this. And if we could will Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield into existence once more, hey, we can do it again, can't right. we? Come on. I, I think this so. This is Inside Marvel. It's our weekly Marvel reaction show. I'm Eric Voss, and I'm back this week with MT. MT, welcome back from your break. Hey. So good to see you again, buddy. Back at it again at Krispy Kreme. What's going on, gang? I missed you guys so much. <laughs> vacation was not vacation without you guys. So I, right now, I feel like I'm on vacation uh, with you. Talking nerds. <laughs> well, New Rockstars wasn't New Rockstars without you, MT. But hey, I gotta, I gotta hand you some props here. Good on you for scheduling your vacation right up past when Philip was doing performance reviews yesterday. Because... Uh, <laughs> Man, 2021 was a hard, hard year of theories to come to terms with, I gotta say. Uh, But next year, next year, we're coming for you, MT. You're gonna have to be in the hot seat right there with me. We're gonna gonna merge our trials together. It's gonna be a few good men. Both of us delivered the code red from Mephisto. Mephisto may have ordered the code red, but you and I are those two Marines who who carried it out. So let's do it. Hey, I'm ready. (laughs) I'm ready for Melina Judgment. (laughs) No, you're not. No, you're not. (laughs) Nobody is. (laughs) Well, in this episode of Inside Marvel, we're going to talk about this new Andrew Garfield Spider-Man film rumors Mm. that are out there. What would that film look like if it were to happen? And what would really need to change from the 2012 and 2014 films? And really, how would this affect the live-action Spider-Verse with the Tom Holland, Peter Parker, and Sony's plans for Miles Morales? Because, you know, they're going to get around to him eventually. So we're going to talk about all this stuff. Also, some other Spider-Man-related MCU questions moving forward throughout this calendar year. But before we 
we get to that, we still have some amazing designs inspired by the huge year in Marvel that we just had, all available at NewRockStarsMerch.com. These include our awesome Strange Entanglement design, our Hawkeye-inspired Kingpin shirt, and Trust a Bro Moving Company shirt. So be sure to get all of these at NewRockStarsMerch.com. All right, MT, let's dive right into it. All right, buddy. Our first question of the day is, is Andrew Garfield coming back to play Peter Parker for another film? Because that is the big question that we have all had and wanted ever since No Way Home because this man is incredible. He is, he's literally Peter Parker. He's my favorite. He's one of my he favorites. He really anyway. is. <laughs> and you know what, MT, um, when this has been coming up, it reminded me of like, there was an old episode of Rogue Theory that you were on, I think before you joined the Rockstars full time, where we were talking about different like Spider-Verse tie-ins and your um, opinion was that like the Mark Webb films didn't get their proper due. Mark Webb, the director, of course, of uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, um, I think that those movies are underrated. I, like, I know that, like, I, I'm not supposed to say that I, I enjoyed Amazing Spider-Man 2. And everybody's like, oh my god, it's the worst Spider-Man movie. Though that may be true. Whole, like, the actual stuff in those movies were fantastic. That was one thing yes, I learned about. I do remember like, that, oh my MT god, yeah. really appreciates Andrew Garfield. I really uh, love, like, at like, the time, people were giving credit. Mark Webb cinematography, especially in The Amazing Spider-Man 2, magnificent yeah the second magnificent one. so good so like i would love for him to come back for a third one yes for sure so there's a lot of great things from those 2012 and 2014 films that right. are worth re-exploring i i think people are now discovering that those movies in the same way spider-man 3 from toby Maguire was not a complete trash there's a lot of amazing stuff that uh almost warranted another follow-up film uh, there was going to be a fourth Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie. There was going to be a third Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie. It's just like right. Sony as a studio would get a little nervous when the numbers <laughs> weren't what they thought. So we got to reboot it. <laughs> but hey, you know, uh, to their credit, rebooting it so many times has only paid off in dividends now to have so Seriously. many different Spider-Man. <laughs> They're like, it's always been part of the plan. Like, we've always meant to do it. <laughs> but I think of all of these, Andrew Garfield's having a huge moment, especially right now. Like out of everyone in this massive cast of No Way Home, I feel like he's the cast member everyone is buzzing about and oh, last yeah. night he just won the golden globe for best actor in a musical or comedy hey. from tick, tick, boom, which he's so good in tick tick boom uh yes. the guy is such a good actor and this oh, isn't anything against tom holland or toby mcguire tom oh, holland no. is incredible the energy he's brought to peter parker has been in many fans eyes perfect like what we've been wanting for he has this like youthful uh panic uh almost like a, <laughs> almost like what Michael J. Fox brought to Marty McFly and oh, 100%. not just in the sense of panic, but the physical commitment he brings to that. Like Tom Holland oh is God. doing a lot of fun stunt work, a lot of tripping around the room. Like he's just a delight to watch. The he character feels like a real wire. goofy kid that would exist in real life. That's why we love him. <laughs> And, and and then Toby uh, has brought so much to the role. He was our first mm. live-action Spider-Man for my generation, for sure. This is the, the Spider-Man that I compare every other Spider-Man to. And mm. the the politeness that he plays, the, he, he just has this wholesome sweetness to him that, you know, when you watch Spider-Man 3 and he does the whole dark turn, like, mm. it is campy, but it's you get to see that other side of Tobey Maguire's portrayal of the character that just makes mm. you appreciate everything else he has done to build up that character and build up that trust with him. And that's not an easy thing to do. I think Tobey Maguire nailed the whole turning evil thing in Spider-Man 3. Because what would happen if this nerd was like, I'm going to try to yes. be cool. He would fail at this being is, cool. This is what this nerd thinks is cool. It's not what exactly. we think is cool. It's what a nerd thinks would be exactly. cool. Exactly. I'm going to go to a jazz perfect. club and jump on tables. 
I, I agree. I think it's perfect. Um, but Andrew Garfield uh, brings a dimension to the reason he's cast for this version of Peter Parker is, I mean, they knew going into these movies that they're going to kill off Gwen Stacy and they needed oh, yeah. uh, Peter Parker who could really, really sell oh, the my grief. God. Um, and Andrew Garfield and is guilt. he knows how to act he knows how to do emotion like that man is constantly crying <laughs> and like I really love that Andrew Garfield is super emotional in his movies because like we don't see a lot of emotion from like a lot of male characters like a lot of male heroes I feel so like seeing Andrew Garfield get emotional in those movies I'm like yeah I like this crying yeah. Spider-Man more crying Spider-Man please yeah. <laughs> There's there's a wholesome aspect to it, and I'll say that like in fairness of all the other actors who have been in these movies, uh, the scripts usually don't require that from them. You know, mm. they usually are more comedic, they're more lighthearted. Uh, when characters die, they uh, they are not cut to. Like we did have a moment where Tom Holland had to react to Tony Stark dying, but mm. think of all the actors who they had in that battle, and they only cut to like a few different people when Tony Stark died. You know, uh-huh. and all these people are <laughs> capable of showing grief in different ways. But it's just the the nature of these scripts. When when deaths happen, they don't linger too much on the death. They cut to the mm-hmm. funeral. But I mean, we've even had major characters die, and we didn't get funerals in those movies. You know, so uh, that's just been the nature of the MCU. Instead, what they'll do is they'll create entire Disney Plus series that just deal with characters grief and uh that's actually worked out pretty well i gotta say you know between WandaVision, between hawkeye you know these shows have been successful but when it comes to andrew garfield in interviews this past week andrew has said as we saw at the top of this episode he's totally down to return as peter parker in a future film it's just the conditions have to be right the story has to be right uh he also told variety recently that his peter is a working class boy from queens that knows struggle and loss and is deeply empathetic i would try to borrow peter parker's ethical framework in that if there was an opportunity to step back in and tell more of that story I would have to feel very sure and certain in myself and yeah it sounds like he's coding some signals to the studio like if you want to tell a certain kind of story I can be your guy uh and he did the homework in Spider-Man No Way Home he he proved uh to anyone who had any doubt in his ability as an actor and his ability to capture an audience in the suit he proved this is why I was initially cast for this role. I can pull this off. He when he's that oh, yeah. moment that you mentioned, when he saved MJ, he breaks down in tears, clearly remembering Gwen. Uh he said earlier in the film that he hadn't gotten over Gwen's death, became rageful, stopped pulling his punches. I honestly like he kind of created an arc for himself in this movie. Right. Um and the writers did that as well. But the reason it works is because Andrew Garfield sells it so perfectly. Um, now, I want to remind us all where the 2014 Andrew Garfield film left us, uh, because it's important to remember that Sony was clearly setting up a Sinister Six conflict in that uh, universe. We had Dane DeHaan as Harry Osborn. We had Paul Giamatti as Rhino. Technically, Reese Ifans as Lizard was still alive at that universe. He had been on the shortlist of Gustav Fears. And we also got a glimpse of a Doc Ock suit, a Vulture suit, and there was some talk of Craven the Hunter joining this lineup as well as possibly Mysterio, possibly Chameleon. It's it's clear that Sony started working their Mysterio and Vulture plans into their MCU films. We also got to remember Felicity Jones played Harry's assistant Felicia in this film, possibly being set up as Felicia Hardy Black Cat. Now, there was some interesting chatter about what a third uh, version of these movies was going to be. There were some interviews with Dennis Leary later on who revealed that one idea, just one idea, for the next Andrew Garfield movie was to dig even deeper into Oscorp's history with biomedical engineering and that Peter was going to acquire a formula that would allow him to regenerate the people in his life who had died. So that could have included oh. Captain Stacy, Gwen Stacy, Uncle Ben, Norman oh, Osborn, saga. Peter's parents. Uh, yeah. So, it, you know, when we just hear that kind of thing in, in a headline on Nerd News website, 
we kind of balk at it, especially if it's coming from Dennis Leary, who's just kind of like, all this stuff is stupid. Um, but <laughs> I, the idea of having that opportunity to, uh, to regenerate people, but mm-hmm. choosing not to do it. Like we've, we've seen that played out in like horror, uh, yeah. concepts before. You know, like, they're yeah. not the same. It's like, they're the same <laughs> to me, right? Right, Gwen? Uh, like, just the idea of that is uh, brings us into a nice horror territory that I liked these Andrew Garfield movies exploring. How kind of dark and moody they get. I, I would love to see, like, a clone saga. Even though the clone saga in the comics is this huge, like, controversial thing. A lot of people yeah. don't want to see the clone saga. It went on for too long. I get it. I understand. Uh-huh. But the Jackal, and like like you said, like, I, I, the, the idea of all of these people that died in Peter Parker's life has always messed with his mind. And like, he's always wished that he could just go back in time and like undo the things that he made a mistake on. And like literally seeing Gwen Stacy again, like a cloned version does make sense because he lost both Gwen Stacy and Captain Stacy. So like if a a, um, Amazing Spider-Man 3 were to happen, we would probably see Captain Stacy too, because all that grief and that regret and all that um, guilt that he has with, um, the them two dying so like i think that the clone saga is a really interesting way to go to explore that emotional side of andrew garfield of peter parker for sure yeah it just i mean if they told dennis leary about it it means that they were going to bring back these actors in some mm-hmm. way that was part of the pitch um yeah. but we have to remember that from sony's perspective you know you have to wonder how much they've thought about the logic of their multiverse and how everything's connect I don't know if they totally have thought about it as much as some of the crazy ass fans have on YouTube. But <laughs> um, no way, the fans their... always think about it more <laughs> than the exactly. actual students. As much as you've thought about something, there's a fan out there who's thought about it more than you have. But <laughs> mm. the uh, from their perspective, the universe that their villain films are set in might still be that same Andrew Garfield continuity because in their mm. eyes, that's kind of simpler, right? You have the MCU universe, and they know as much to know that's separate. But I think for everything that isn't that, I think they might feel like there's a way to connect or they might already just be connected because they're not trying to be too interconnected a lot of these movies but like they're literally located in different parts of the country uh and they never really leave that neighborhood so i think that that could be the way they look at it uh we know that morbius is set in the same universe as venom or at least with a venom in it he references venom in the trailer uh the cops in that trailer reference events in san francisco uh now the morbius trailer is also showing uh the oscorp tower looking exactly as it does in the andrew garfield continuity same logo same building uh there's also graffiti labeling spider-man as a murderer yes different era version of spider-man but it is art uh but they call him a murderer which could line up with andrew garfield saying that he stopped pulling his punches and he could have murdered someone. He could have uh, been too violent of a vigilante. Now, there are a few sticking points, of course. Michael Keaton is playing Vulture and Morbius. Uh, points to some kind of MCU connection there. Uh, Morbius is a weirdly designed Daily Bugle that doesn't really line up with the tabloid design we saw in Venom Let There Be Carnage. But in the Andrew Garfield continuity, I don't think we ever saw a Daily Bugle front page. Or if we did, we didn't stay on it for too long. We really just saw some billboards in the second movie. Uh, and then we got some angry emails from J. Jonah Jameson. But we never met that J. Jonah Jameson in that movie. Um, but a key detail in that 2014 film, the Oscorp files that uh, that Harry Osborn is going through on the touchscreen reference a whole bunch of other Spider-Verse villains, including Dr. Morbius in the lower right corner. So this could just be another clue that from Sony's eyes, all Spider-Man movies that aren't the MCU Tom Holland shared universe with Disney are instead their own universe where Andrew Garfield is still Spider-Man and could still come back. 
Uh, and if characters in these villain movies reference Spider-Man, the Spider-Man they're referencing is Andrew Garfield. Why not? Why not just make that the case, right? We don't need to cast a fourth Spider-Man unless I would say you're going to make Miles Morales that guy. But why not also oh, yeah. just make him your guy? I kind of want Miles Morales to be in the MCU instead. Can we just let... <laughs> just play Sam, with him bro, too. Sam. I know, I know he's yours. I know, I know. You just you know, let him just let let him out. Just, we can just use him as a little bar. Hang out with everybody in the MCU. That'd be a bit fun for us. I mean, he's already right. there. Yeah. Donald Glover told us he's there. Wakanda, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It'd be awesome. <laughs> so let's talk about what an Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movie should look like. Uh, what? Mm. And I think the question is, what have the MCU Spider-Man movies been missing? Because oh. they have been great. But there have been some choices they have made that have had to close the door on other parts of Peter Parker's character, his world. So let's let's run through some options for me. Yeah. I'm just going to run down a quick list. Yeah. Uh, things like Oscorp, because we know there's no Oscorp in the MCU. You can explore more yeah. intrigue with Oscorp. I would say maybe oh, sure. the Andrew Garfield films, the first two, explored that a bit too much, made them too much about like a political yeah. thriller, but it kind of delved into national treasure a little bit. But yeah. Oscorp's an interesting company. Uh, the whole Spider-Verse of characters, MCU can only bring in certain characters that they get deals with, with, with mm -hmm. Sony. Um, things like horror. The MCU is exploring horror in titles like WandaVision, uh, Agatha House of Harkness, um, uh, Moon Knight, uh, Multiverse of Madness, of course. But when it comes to Spider-Man, they like to keep him in a brighter world where, yes, his friends and family die. But uh, we don't really... <laughs> it's hard to imagine right now Tom Holland, Peter Parker, reacting to a vampire or reacting mm. to a zombie. Unless we saw, and, and what if he was reacting to zombies, but that was an animated. The Tom Holland yeah. live-action one, right now, they haven't really played with that yet. Whereas Andrew Garfield, the way he plays being grossed out at stuff, like just staring at Toby's <laughs> wrist, it was so perfect. My favorite part of the movie. He was just like... Oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, just his reactions in that scene, like the the fifth or sixth time you watch this movie, just watch it for Andrew Garfield's reactions mm -hmm. in every scene. Um, and another big thing that the Tom Holland movies have not explored, at least not yet, is uh, Peter Parker as a photojournalist for the Daily Bugle. Um, mm, that's what and I want to see. That is something that they could explore more if they have another trilogy of him as a college student. But I would still imagine just the way they've made this Peter Parker is he is more of an engineer. He went to mm. a, a science and engineering high school. I He hasn't shown, I don't think he's taken a single photo, you know, like he did have some, <laughs> he might have taken some selfies and stuff, but like the, the only photo uh, gags we've seen is when Mr. Harrington dropped his camera in the water at Venice, you know, like, and that's fine. I haven't missed it that much with this version of Peter Parker, but that mm. is like a dimension to his character's relationship with J. Jonah Jameson that I feel like in Spider-Man No Way Home, I would have loved it if they could have gotten J.K. Simmons out of a green screen studio and talked to at least one of these characters because that is such a funny relationship between these two, this abusive boss and then right. a, a photojournalist who still is so skilled that the boss has to begrudgingly work with this guy. Um, yeah. I think that could be something that we explore more with Andrew Garfield's version of the character is, you know, uh, when you see photojournalists working for the Times or the Post in real life. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi, People, Influences, and Experiences. Yes, it's sort of the uh, get to know you at a deeper level, the who, what, when, where, and why you are rather than what it is you do. Absolutely, we're not gonna to talk too much about what people do, we just wanna know about their families, where they come from, you know, what shapes their parenting if they have kids, what shapes their marriages if they're married. 
We just want to be really nosy. We want to get in there. A deep dive into nature and nurture. And we started it because there are a lot of people that we don't know that we are curious about. Right. And I have no friends, so for me, it's, you know. Try like, to get them out of the house. Listen to it on whatever you listen to. <laughs> Podcasts on yeah, podcasts, your, 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 your podcasting apparatus. Watch it on the YouTube. He's aging himself. They often are not children. They're they're kind of like grizzled guys without families who just go anywhere. <laughs> and, are, and they're badasses. They go all over the world. They go into war zones. Like I, I kind of want to see that version. I, I want to see the ad for like those. Like looking for a grizzled man without family to take picture in war zone. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's too extreme for Peter Parker. Sure, but I think Andrew Garfield could explore that. I, I think we also would love to see Tom Holland explore that. I don't think there's anything oh, stopping that from happening. But these are just some things that as of now, have not really shown up in the MCU. So really, I think the question I want to know, MT, is if Peter Parker is played by Andrew Garfield in a third movie following his continuity after No Way Home, what kind of story do you want to see from him? What what journey do you want to see him go through? Well, we have heard rumors of Emma Stone potentially coming back as Gwen, and more specifically, Spider-Gwen, who I love and is the character that got me into comics. I love that character so much. Mm -hmm. So I would love for an Amazing Spider-Man 3 scenario to just take place in Spider-Gwen's world. I think that that mm. very much is in line with, you know, the story that is being told with Gwen and, and Captain Stacy and the guilt that he feels. I would love if Andrew Garfield were just, was 100% pushed into Spider-Gwen's world and be like, oh my God, there's Gwen. I need to save her, even though she doesn't need to be saved. And there's Captain Stacy. I killed your daughter in another, in another universe. I feel very um, depressed and confused. But yeah, I think that that's like a natural continuation of his story because Gwen is, and the Stacys are at the center of it, and they really do want to build this whole Spider-Verse of characters, it seems. So it just makes sense for Amazing Spider-Man 3 to sort of be a Spider-Gwen jump-off film. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's an, uh, a great idea, MT. And the implication of that is that it would have to be a multiverse inspired incident, right? So for mm. first off to Gwen Stacy, for her to be alive again, uh, and yeah. for her to be spider Gwen, she would have to come from a reality where she is the, the spider hero. So mm. I think, but it's already set up. Like we already had this big collision event. Like it's not that hard just to say, but she, she's here. She's back. Yeah. Okay. I think I that honestly, that, that Morbius universe is this huge amalgamation universe of like both, the Tobey Maguire and the Mark Webb universes together. Cause like, it just doesn't, all of those Mobius, Morbius questions that we have, they just don't make sense if it's not this one big universe. Cause we do see that. Yeah. If it's um, not some kind of weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mishmash that happened after no way home post uh -huh. the spell. I don't think that that's out of the question. I feel. Yeah. I think you're right. It, it's just like, I don't know if they already planned on Andrew Garfield showing up in Morbius. Yes. They mm. have more time. Cause they, they pushed it back. I don't know if they're going to reshoot. I just think Sony dropped the money, do it. But would Andrew Garfield agree to do that? I don't, I don't know. He's going to be like an Oscar front runner now. I don't oh yeah. He's, he's going to be making more like, money now that he won like, that award. <laughs> I don't want to spend the next couple weeks worrying about how this will look. Anyway, I hope he does. I think it'll, like, even as, like, a post-credit thing, you know, uh, set up his other movie. I think Gwen Stacy is perfect, uh, a Spider-Gwen, where both of them are spider things and they're figuring out that relationship. <laughs> I, I think... That is one thing that like Sony tried to do early on is they tried to build on Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's natural chemistry, which when you rewatch right. those movies, they totally do. They work together on screen. So good. Um, but like as when you rewatch it, knowing that this is kind of doomed, it's kind of like, <laughs> like it's hard <laughs> not to rewatch those movies and just feel like they're 
they're straight up fridging Gwen Stacy. Like the death of Gwen yeah. Stacy storyline of the comics is considered the sacred thing. Like Gwen Stacy has to die. It's like no, she didn't have to die. It's just Marvel Comics in the '80s said, "Oh, we need to have a twist that gets makes it real dark." Like you can kill off other people in Peter's life that makes him feel grief. That's what happened with Uncle Ben. Yeah, I, I just think Gwen Stacy's such a great character. You can her. She's so much more valuable to universe of storytelling alive than she is just to force a character to go through grief. Oh, yeah, Emma Stone's characterization of that character was so good. Like, this was a highly intelligent woman that was more than capable of helping Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. Like, this was the perfect girlfriend for this version of Peter Parker. So, like, for, for them yeah. to just be like, all right, we have to follow the comics continuity and kill her. Like, you didn't have to. Like, you could have killed, like you said, you could have killed someone else that he loved. Like, it's plenty of people for, but, for Peter Parker. But you gotta also look at it from their, their perspective. This is really a debate with, like, the comics in the 80s, right? Like, because mm-hmm. if they were to bring in Gwen Stacy in the movie, Movies, the number one question every fan would ask are you gonna kill her are you gonna kill she's most known for from the comics uh mm-hmm. at least at that point now uh, with this arc of spider gwen people have these other perspective but like i think let her be the spider gwen gwen stacy not the oh yeah dead girlfriend gwen oh yeah stacy. i think that needs to she needs to stay dead that version needs to stay dead 100 <laughs> percent. but uh i i honestly felt the same way about aunt may and no way home i think aunt may's death mm. was really really well executed but just stepping back from that execution from the concept like if you were trying to get uh, uh peter parker to go through grief why not kill off happy hogan instead like happy hogan has been this paternal role to peter honestly it's had more of a relationship with peter at least coming out of far from home mm-hmm. like you're gonna get that same reaction out of peter parker but aunt may they they, they suddenly adjusted her character because they wanted to give marissa to to may more to do in no way home yeah. to justify killing her off uh but like i think there's so much more that can be gotten from her character having an ongoing relationship with peter parker in the future than happy hogan who's really just a, a vestige of peter parker's relationship with the avengers and with tony stark and i think in order to properly move on from that phase of his life i thought it would have been a great opportunity to, to kill off happy hogan now that's me talking from like a storytelling perspective from like a universe building perspective uh, uh john favreau showing up as happy hogan in these different properties it's a delight and Absolute i don't want to lose him either uh <laughs> you know there's all kinds of fun stuff that you can do with him i would have loved if instead of like you know karen and all the other suit ladies we've gotten if it was aunt may talking to peter in a suit the entire like what do you um, think it'd be Spider-Man creepy no, that's fucking creepy <laughs> My, my dead aunt is the voice that's talking to Oh, no, 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 like, like in, in Far From in Home and No Way Home. Not after No Way Home. That would be really creepy. Oh, okay, and, like, okay, terrible okay. therapy. Um, no, no, no. It's <laughs> in, in Far From Home, if he if she was the suit lady, because she knew after Homecoming. So, like, it'd be great if she was just like, all right, I'm helping my nephew. Let's go do adventures together. Um, but once really you give cute. terrible advice, like, 100%. Peter, I think that's a drone you're approaching. I don't really know, though. So it just, would be why the don't you worst. Just go over to the airport and fly home. It would, it, it's like having your aunt backseat drive. It would be so funny. <laughs> I would love it. It'd be hilarious. I'll give you that. We've kind of gotten on a tangent here. I think ultimately yes. what we want to see from Andrew Garfield is, uh, is realize what was good about those 2014 films. I think he did have mm-hmm. like a really nice chemistry with Emma Stone. He played it with this wholesomeness, especially, I think, the way he played the second of his movies was more of a true Peter Parker energy uh, he had a relationship with the city of New York that oh, I don't think we, we've really seen Tom Holland have he's had a relationship with Queens and Del Mar's Deli with his high school but we haven't really seen him as like you know going around Manhattan and, and getting to know people who live there and say hey he did a flip there. that one time he did one flip <laughs> he did one flip that's right and a lady gave him a churro <laughs> yeah 
it sounds like I'm vaulting the Tom Holland universe. Oh, no, no, really, no, no, I loved no. all that. I loved exploring Queens with Peter Berger. Yeah. We hadn't really seen that before. So uh, I just think if we were to explore something with Andrew Garfield, I'm not saying we should ever end uh, Tom Holland's character. I still want to see these movies. But I think the, the conclusion we can all draw from No Way Home is we can have multiple live-action Spider-Mans at the same time. And Sony shouldn't be worried about this, that people are going to like pick and choose which one. They're going to they're gonna show up for both. We're going to yes. watch every movie that Andrew Garfield's playing Spider-Man in. We're going to watch every movie that Tom Holland's playing Spider-Man. And you're going to like be able to double dip on the well of your characters. You can have a Miles movie. You can have a Gwen movie. You can have a Tobey Maguire. Go Spider-Man balls movie. to the wall, Sony. Every Sp- Spider-Ham. I want to see Spider-Ham live yeah. action. Let's do it. <laughs> you can do it all and then rake in all the profit from it. Fans aren't choosing one over the other. We're going to show up for both. So give Love us them all. That. Any Spider-Man content. To do it. Do it. Put into our eyeballs, please. We're going to keep talking about this. Uh, but first, we want to thank Helix for sponsoring this episode. Disney Plus and HBO Max don't do us a lot of favors here at New Rockstars when they release content at midnight. <laughs> we need sleep, guys. But at least we're not losing any sleep because of a bad mattress. Helix Sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I got a Helix mattress. I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium-firm mattress with lumbar support that sleeps cool. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will love it. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarble. We also want to thank Upstart for sponsoring this episode. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you are not alone. The weight of debt can be crippling, but Upstart can help give you your path to financial freedom. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment with a clear payoff date. Rather than looking at your credit score alone, Upstart considers other factors like your income, current employment, credit history to find you a smarter rate for your loan. You can check your rate without impacting your credit score in minutes for loans between $1,000 and $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash insidemarvel. That's upstart.com slash insidemarvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. And finally, we want to thank Sun Basket for sponsoring this episode. Our friends at Sun Basket deliver healthy meals so you aren't on the hook to shop and cook for healthy food. Sun Basket delivers the joy of eating with bold flavors, organic produce, and sustainable seafood and meats. Their award-winning chefs are constantly innovating with new recipes to keep it interesting each week. Sun Basket's fresh and easy meals are perfect for lunch heat and eat in minutes and you can put dinner on autopilot with easy to prep meal kits that impress whoever you're feeding plus they've got healthy snacks or grab and go breakfast items for busy mornings whether you eat vegetarian paleo gluten-free or low carb sun basket has something to check any and every box you can choose from delicious recipes like pan seared salmon tikka masala or honey balsamic glazed chicken with cabbage apple salad set up weekly delivery and skip a week when you need to it's simple and easy and you will love it right now sunbasket is offering 90 dollars off and a free gift when you order go to sunbasket.com marvel and enter the promo code marvel at checkout that's sunbasket.com marvel and enter promo code marvel all right mt what's our next question all right, buddy. Um, assuming a Secret Wars event happens, which I, you know, we all very much suspect, how involved should it be with this whole Spider-Verse scenario that's going on in the MCU? Interesting question. Yeah, I think a, a fifth Avengers movie 
could be and really should be Secret Wars. I think that's yeah. the only event that's big, bigger than Endgame right now. Uh, unless you were to have some other kind of crossover event with the X-Men, with the Fantastic Four. You could create a new crisis that isn't uh, grounded in the comics. But I think Secret Wars is such a cool opportunity. The, the, the 2015 oh, crossover Incursion 1 that already kind of merged uh, the 1610 with the 616 universe in such a cool way. You had Doctor Doom mm-hmm. as the villain. Um, now, when it comes to the Spider-Verse, I, I think... I would love to see multiple spider uh, things in it, but the the crossover event I want Secret Wars to be is also going to have like X Men in it, you know, and I and mm-hmm. I don't want those Spider Men to be diluted in any way. So I think they should just pick one or two uh, Spider Men mm. uh, uh, variants. I think you could have your Tom Holland one there, and then you have your Miles Morales there, or your Gwen Stacy. I don't know if I need Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire to be in Secret Wars unless they are the only uh, Spider-Man that's in that. But then I would feel bummed that Tom Holland isn't in there because he has a relationship with all the MCU characters. How do you feel? Am I I being uh, too No, no, I I think that you're being, like, really measured. And I think that you're being, like, very like in a a practical sense, like, it makes sense for just, like, let's just limit our Spider-Men because, like, then you have all these actors that you have to, like, organize schedules. Like, because with the the Russo brothers, with the uh, Avengers projects, especially Infinity War and Endgame, it was a nightmare for them. Like, organizing all these people's schedules... And, like, you know, Andrew Garfield's high in demand now. Like, it's just the less people, the better. However, I think that if we can do it, if we can get all these actors, I think that the Secret Wars event should be, like, a huge celebration of all things live-action Marvel. So, like, let's get everybody, as much people, let's get even Howard the Duck, in the Howard the Duck movie that we don't <laughs> well, even like yeah. from back in the day. Bring that <laughs> Howard in. Every single live-action, that should be a huge celebration of, like, everything that's ever, ever happened. Um in this one event and then just end it like just one huge thing so i think that we should go all spider-man toby Maguire, andrew garfield as much elements as we can shove into that movie because it's secret wars and we'll, and we'll never have it again it's like one and done and like we'll never probably have another secret wars but i don't think it has to be one and done i think that that can be like a recurring thing like secret wars mm. could be its own trilogy of secret wars part one secret wars i part would two, absolutely wars love if there was this whole secret wars arc like we just had like yeah, a the whole secret phase. wars saga Oh my yeah, god! Because if I it would is cry. like different dimensions where these uh, folks are being transported to, you just have different mm-hmm. people who get controls of the wheel, or that like Doctor Doom is having a secret war in one dimension, but another uh, collage of characters in another reality, a different battle world landscape. Look, if Pen M mm. can host seventy four hundred, <laughs> I am sorry. I'm not even going to finish the sentence. I'm sorry. But you get the idea. No, 100%. You're 100% right. It's true. Well, Well, moving ahead to uh, other Marvel questions. It's just a question I have for you, MT. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're getting rumors of all kind of crazy cameos going to happen in this movie. I want to ask you which is more likely. Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier, Professor X, or Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man reuniting with Sam Raimi, director? You know what? I think it's it's definitely got to be Patrick Stewart because we just got Tobey Maguire in No Way Home. And so like that whole surprise, it was really cool. But like, I don't think that will be like, all right, here's a, here's him again. Hooray. Um, so it's got to be Patrick Stewart because we haven't really seen him in a while. It, it, it's, the, it's the cameo that we all wanted because we, we've all been clamoring for the Fox X-Men to join the MCU proper um, ever since the whole yeah. Ralph Boner thing didn't 100% pan out the way that we wanted yet. Um, so yeah, I think it's Patrick Stewart for sure. How about you? What do you yeah, think? I, I would say so too. Um, I think having Sam Raimi as a director that just feels like it's a natural fit to bring Tobey Maguire back in there. But I think the issue with Spider-Man 
Anytime you put Spider-Man in a movie, it starts to feel a bit like a Spider-Man movie. Now, you're going to say, yeah. well, he's Infinity War. He was in Endgame. Those weren't Spider-Man movies. But, like, we knew that Tom Holland was already in that universe and already kind of a supporting character to the Avengers in that way. Tobey mm. Maguire is from his own world where he is the front man. And if he's not crossing over into a Spider-Man movie, he is going to start to make it feel like a Spider-Man flavor. And, and I don't know if that's exactly what Sam Raimi and Kevin Feige want to do with Multiverse of Madness. Oh yeah, uh, though I wouldn't I, I mind think, seeing him in the background waving through a portal. I would love that, like, or, or or some type of reference to the Raimi universe. Like, I'll take that any day for sure. But that kind of leads us to our final question, MT. Why do you think Marvel is taking so damn long with the mutants? We've had them for a while. <laughs> We're now past the weird uh, schedule delay things of mm. uh, you know of their first year of content. Yeah, they, they're already reshooting things to to make. You know, Doctor Strange make more sense. Is it just that they didn't want to introduce mutants in Shang-Chi and Eternals and in the, that first year of movies? And we're going to see them in Multiverse of Madness. If they don't show up in Multiverse of Madness, are we right to start really questioning, like, what's the holdup? I think that people are very much justified with being like, all right, where are the mutants? Like, it's been long enough. Like, because it's, we all want it. I, I get it. But like, I think that mutants are going to be introduced specifically in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Because like, we, there was this whole thing of like, of people saying Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is going to usher in this huge new era of the Marvel Cinematic Universe a couple of years ago. And I think that with rumors of the High Evolutionary coming into play in Guardians 3, I think that he's going to kick off mutants because he's all about evolution. He's all about like genetic uh, stuff and all that stuff. Yeah, we're going to, with Rocket's story, we're going to learn how Rocket was evolved from a lower life form and he's probably going to do something crazy. Maybe they'll adapt the Evolutionary War uh, saga in, in, in from the comics. But yeah, I think that it's going to be Herbert Wyndham, the High Evolutionary, that's going to like trigger the um, mutants in the entire universe. But what do you think? Well, see, I think uh, High Evolutionary could give us some answers on what mutants look like off-world, off-Earth, mm. you know, like in the, in the wider cosmos. For sure, I think there's an opportunity there. I just think for most fans, their access point into the X-Men, into the mutants, are the ones who exist on Earth. So if right. you were to have your first introduction of what mutants are in the MCU, be this guy who most fans have never heard of, you know, who's <laughs> on another planet, I think you and I would be like, cool, that makes sense. But I, I would imagine Kevin Feige wants to introduce whatever the history of the mutants are on Earth, whether that's through Magneto or through Wolverine or through Apocalypse. I don't think they're going to use the term X-Men, I would imagine. I would imagine they're just going to have mutants and then yeah. we're going to see what different groups they form there forward. Um, so I'm not discounting your theory. I, I think I think uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 could be a place we, we learn more about mutants. I just think like you have opportunities between now and then to do mm -hmm. it. Maybe I'm just feeling this unnecessary anxiety that the window is going to close on on superheroes uh, when it comes mm. to, like, I think, you know, right now a lot of film historians are comparing the latest Marvel craze. I mean, it is the biggest genre, the biggest title in Hollywood right now. It's the one thing that people are going to movies for consistently, the mm. way Westerns were in the late 60s. Like, they made right. so many freaking Westerns, and they, they made so much money, and now, like, they really just dropped in popularity, thanks in part to filmmakers like Scorsese, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, people who loved and respected Westerns, but they made things like sci-fi and, and crime mm. movies and, and more fast-paced movies, uh, more of the standard, more of the norm. Uh, so I don't know what would happen. I think it would take uh, another uh, wave, another generation of directors who make popcorn films that are more exciting to to general audiences than the Marvel movies. Like, they would have to be ousted from the throne in order for that to happen. 
I don't think people just stop caring about something unless they have something more interesting to move on to. So, um, but I, but I am worried. Like, I think, I think enough time has passed. Like I know dark Phoenix was only in 2019. It's only Mm. like three years ago, but no one saw that movie. The last last X-Men movies were the Deadpool movies, you know? And the second one was 2018. I I think we're well beyond the threshold of how long Sony waited to reboot Spider-Man as Tom Holland. Uh, And Mm. I think fans were okay with that. I think Marvel has so many great opportunities and I know they have the money to do it. And I think that they should explore all opportunities. And I think they can uh, they can reassure their investors big time just by announcing a, a mutant movie in the future. It'd be really dope. I, I just I just really want to see Jubilee, man. That's my favorite. I love Jubilee. Let's get it, Marvel. Jubilee, <laughs> lots of lots of great. I'd love to see like a really good Scott Summers Cyclops. Nothing against oh, James Marsden. Yes, I for once. I would just. I'm not a fan of Cyclops, yeah, so like, if we could get a good Cyclops, please, Marvel. Let's let's get it. Yeah. Well, we'll be talking about this stuff a lot more in the future, but that is it for this episode of Inside Marvel. We are still waiting for a trailer for Moon Knight. As soon as uh, we learn more about when Moon Knight's going to be happening, uh, if that drops on Disney Plus in the next couple months, this show will shift to being a Wednesday after show, as it's been the case with the other Disney Plus shows. Uh, but for right now, we're just kind of like looking at what's the biggest Marvel story each week at the top of the week, and MT and I are going to be here reacting to it with you guys. We talking Marvel, baby. Talking Marvel. Don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NewRockStarsMerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts, and we will see you next week. Thanks for watching, everybody. Bye. Love you guys.